this episode of This Podcast is Making Me Thirsty is brought to you by Lasky's Bar on Madison and 48th. Come in and have your company's holiday party with us. Hey, welcome to This Podcast is Making Me Thirsty, the podcast dedicated to Seinfeld, the last great sitcom of our time. This episode 29, in this episode, we talked to Sal Licata. Sal's a well-known sports personality in New York. He's a former producer of the iconic Mike and the Mad Dog show. He's an on-air host on WFAN and a regular anchor on the Mets station SNY. We talked to Sal about those things, among others, and uh, specifically about his love for Seinfeld. If you like what you're hearing, please pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at this thirsty at this thirsty. Email us at pretzelspod at protonmail.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Just do a little quick intro. I'd like to thank the great Sal Licata for joining um, this podcast is thirsty with us. He is a Famed WFAN producer, um, now does a ton of work on SNY. He's previously worked for WOR, WFAN, an old Suffolk Community College guy, I believe. Yeah. Who then worked at, who then worked at the Home Depot, but then it all it all changed for him um, as he became an intern with WFAN way back in two thousand three. Um, and then obviously he worked a, a ton with the the famed Mike and the Mad Dog and. I guess the, the the rest is history, Sal. But all that said, this is a Seinfeld podcast. Now, my guess is you're about, what, 39, 40 years old? I am 41, actually. 41. Yeah. All right, perfect. So you're oh, about right. a year younger than us. Yeah, so 42. when did you when did you start to get into Seinfeld? Oh, man, great question. Um, I would say a few years after, like, what was the original uh, season, 89 or something like that? 89. Or 90? Yeah, okay. So I would say, I don't know, geez, maybe 94, 95-ish. And I remember watching it at night religiously when it was on later, not necessarily the live stuff on, on Thursday night NBC, P-I-X. not until later years. Yeah. P-I-X. I would watch it all the time in high school. And then usually that into like Letterman. I, I love Letterman. But I, I was not an original 8 o'clock Thursday night or whatever time it was on until maybe 97 or 98, until the last couple of seasons. Now, it's interesting. The Letterman connection, it, like, that's like how my brother got into it. He saw Seinfeld on Letterman and things like that. Did you just get into the show organically when it was on, like, like you said, the 11 o'clock hour? Or you know what's weird? See- I, don't even, yeah, I don't even remember how it started other than maybe catching it on TV. I just remember when I was in high school that at night, you know, after whatever Met game I'd be watching, I'd watch Seinfeld, and then I loved watching The Late Show with David Letterman at 1130. So it was probably one into the Mets, into Seinfeld, into Letterman. I don't know if there was a connection or what. I don't know if a friend put me onto it or my parents. I honestly don't remember, other than when I discovered it, naturally I thought it was the greatest thing ever. That's interesting because Mets were on Channel 9, the Yankees were on PIX, and Seinfeld was on PIX. You were switching channels to go back to watch Seinfeld. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I watched the Yankees too, but not the Mets, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's um, so. So uh, yeah, there's a real Letterman Seinfeld connection. Al Dukes had the same thing when he, we were talking to him about it. He was he was all he was big into, into Letterman and Seinfeld at the same time almost. Um, so with that said, so when you said you were watching in high school with the PIX year, so were we. We we were you know we, we joke about it in one of our earlier podcasts is we'd go in the next morning and, and just take up the first 25 minutes of our biology class just talking about the Seinfeld that was over the night before, <laughs> and uh, we'd even ring our teacher into it. Gold Tour, shout out to Mr. Gold Tour, um, but. Uh, <laughs> So did you have any buddies like that that you were bouncing it off of or were they were you like because not everyone was into it we have people have to kind of remember that too like it wasn't like everyone was talking about it especially you know in high schools and, and middle schools and things like that where did you have like a group of buddies where you guys were quote lines and stuff back then yeah, or, yeah two two guys in particular but one probably my best friend growing up my friend Vinny who to this day we I mean reference it all the time we could watch them over and over you know we'd have sleepovers and playing video games we'd watch Seinfeld before you go to sleep and yeah that became just part of our friendship um back then you know we'd wear we actually wore jerseys together to school all the time we would be the two guys that wore jerseys and, and loved Seinfeld I'm sure we weren't the only two that loved Seinfeld but <laughs> him in particular I remember you know still like I said to this day still referencing uh, all those episodes. Now that I think about it, one of my friends that I worked with at King Cullen, probably at around 96, which was my first job ever. I think he, my friend, Chris Marino, he probably put me on me and Vin onto Seinfeld. And then, you know, we started from there. So yeah, a couple people. Nice. Any, uh, any favorite episodes that come to mind? I mean, we kind of, listen, we break down 168 episodes by season by season. So we're, we'll, we, we love it all, but we're very critical as well. But I'm wondering if there are any, any like magical episodes that, that stand out for you, Sal? It's, as you guys know, it's an impossible question to answer. What I will say is I think from season three on, I'm not opposed to the early episodes, but they're not my favorite. I've, went, I've gone back and, and I haven't watched in a while. I used to watch religiously at night. I DVR them and watch them just as you know, therapy. I probably could use it. Uh, in my life again, but I, I went back and watched in chronological order, and I would go back again and do the same thing, which I might. It's one of my uh, it's on my list of things to do. But to give you a one episode or two episodes, it's an impossibility. But my favorites are from three on. You know, I, I love the one, and I forget the name of it, but the one where uh, Jerry um, races uh, Duncan. The race. So, uh, Duncan, yeah, the race. Yeah. There you go. The race. We're, I love that. We're working um, to get Duncan on the podcast. That's funny you said yeah, that. Yeah, that's, we're, a, we're that's a great episode. Yeah, that's a great episode. Uh, he's eating onions. He's spotting dumps. I don't know what you – know, there, there's so many. There are there – are, every one of them. I mean, look, you could reference lines from every one of them and um, the, uh, the marine biologist. I mean, they're, they're all – it's impossible for me to just pick one. So I have certain favorite moments from different episodes, but to say that this is my favorite episode or that is my favorite – and it's an impossibility with a show so great. The race, the one you just touched on, we talked about this when we went over the race. The, the scene in that episode where George goes into the coffee shop and pretends he doesn't know Jerry oh. to bring up the race is, is one of the greatest scenes of all time by far. <laughs> I mean, when he was lying about being a millionaire. A, what, it's a canvas? He talks to us. <laughs> yeah, starts really, with uh, Duncan. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, great, a great, great scene. One of our favorites. Yeah, we're trying to get Duncan on, man. We're, we're yeah, we just hit up Duncan because just hit him up. It was sadly the uh, the whatever twenty four year anniversary of that show yesterday. Oh, 
So we just sent a little tweet out and then, you know, dunk it bit. So we'll see. But um, he'd, he'd be a great, he'd be a great guest. So um, tell us a little about, I know you mentioned that um, both, you had some interactions with Seinfeld and Larry David. I'm curious, um, you said Seinfeld was kind of walking around Astoria back in the day. Can you, can you shed any light on that? Tell us a little story about Seinfeld. Yeah. Now, remember, I'm going based off of my memory here. And at the time, I, I, I wish I could remember the year. Here, here's how I'll go back and say it. I started interning there in January of 2003. I want to say that I was working there at the time Seinfeld came in studio to go on Steve Summer's show. Mike and the dog were there. Uh, you know, they came out of the control room. Oh, hi, man, dog. Jerry was saying hi. You know, Jerry had a hat on. Uh, was kind of keeping to himself, but I, I remember, unless I'm dreaming this, I remember him going around the newsroom. There was maybe five or six people in there and looking everybody in the eye and shaking their hand. Even me, who was, if I wasn't an intern, it was, I was still like a part-timer keeping to myself. And I remember being so impressed and in awe of a guy who, who I mean, at the time too, even now, but at the time, especially where I just started getting into the business, I was in the peak of my Seinfeld fandom. He was probably a top three person that I'd want to meet in my life. So to be able to say, oh my goodness, I just shook Jerry Seinfeld's hand. I remember vividly him looking in everybody's eyes, shaking their hand, hi, I'm Jerry. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. I don't remember much about the interview, but that's what stuck out to me. And I do remember, I think it was a different time. I don't know if it was that same year or another time where Summers came on, where Seinfeld came on with Summers, but there was one time where a produce, the producer for Summers show, this guy Mike Demerges, had you have Jerry Seinfeld in studio with Steve Summers. That's the cell, right? That's the spot, right. and he thought it would be a good idea because he was friends with um, Uncle Leo. He thought it would be a good idea to have Uncle Leo call in. So he had him call in on the show, Jerry, hello. And you're like, oh, yeah, hi, whatever. And it was just like, dude, you, you're, you have Jerry. Why are you booking Uncle Leo to come on? It kind of fell flat a little bit and bothered Summers. I'm actually, I like that idea. I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that Jerry didn't uh, adhere to it. So that was he, Summer, he might have been okay with it. but Was yeah. Summers solo then or 03? Was he with like uh, the sweater? No, he was solo. He was doing, it was at night. It was, uh, he was after Mike and the dog at six or six 30 and he had, uh, he had Jerry on, he was solo. So again, I, I think one time was in studio. It might've been the same time. I know Summers has done, has had Seinfeld multiple times. It might've been that same, um, that same spot that that happened. But I remember him in studio only that one time. And that all Yeah. Me. It's a shame about the summer Seinfeld riff going on right now. We're trying to, uh, we want to mend that thing for them. We're trying to get, I was shocked. It. I was shocked to hear that. I don't know. I, I kind of side with Seinfeld. Now, look, I love Steve. One of the nicest guys I've ever worked with. He was always great to me, but I kind of understand where Jerry is coming from a little bit where, you know, you have me as a friend. You're asking now me for the number or for the email, even though it happened before, I don't know. I could see how that could be a little touchy. Yeah, I just, I agree with you in a way. I just, he could have handled it a little bit better. Not just, that's not what friends do. That's the line that seemed to really stick in, uh, in Summer's Crawl. He really took umbrage with it. Maybe he could have just said, listen, I can't do it. I'm sorry, you know, maybe give a little, 
All right. I always thought the best thing or the, the, the funniest thing, you know, naturally, most people are like us. We're obsessed with the show. Love it. Oh, my God, Steve, you know Jerry Seinfeld? You email and talk to Seinfeld? Oh, shit, Sal. Yeah, I used to hang out with him in the grocery store. And, you know, he told me the story of how they met or whatever. And meanwhile, Steve, as Gio alluded to the other day, Steve's not a Seinfeld fan. Not that he doesn't like him personally or didn't like him personally. He's not a fan of the show. Just doesn't watch it, doesn't get it, doesn't care to. Which I'm sure was part of the appeal to Jerry because you get everybody in his life, oh my God, this is the greatest episode and I love the show. And Summers doesn't really care. So I'm sure that that was part of their their bonding. So um, so take us back to that when Jerry's walking around uh, and Mike and the dog are there. So let me ask you this. Dog and Mike, Seinfeld fans? The show? I'm sure Mike um, is like, I know, I know Jerry. Yeah, good question. I, I would say that they're probably not. Uh, not that they're anti, but I don't remember them being, you know, ever talking about the show or being like, oh, I think that that's funny. I don't think that they were, obviously they knew who he was and they know about the success. I don't think that they were um, necessarily big fans of the show. I just remember the interaction, you know, dog's personality. Ah, Jerry comes out of the, you know, during the break comes out after a segment and comes out and, ah, Jerry, how's my pal? And Jerry's a high man dog. And then that was kind of it. Mike, you know, so they exchanged pleasantries and that was, that was that. So we always like to ask, especially when we have, uh, you know, guests that have a sports connection, you know, favorite sports, uh, Seinfeld kind of connections. We noticed the Falcons helmet in the background there. There's the old uh, Bobby Hebert, uh When George says Bobby Hebert is a, yeah, and right. he spells it out. That's a good one. And obviously there's a million with, with Steinbrenner and, uh, you know, the U.S. Open's involved. Gal, I mean, there's a ton. I don't want to put you in a spot, but anything uh, stick out? Were you more, I mean, it sound, sounds like you were more of a Met fan growing up. So, you know, a lot of the show did revolve around the Yanks, except for, you know, obviously Keith Hernandez episode. Right. Um, well, the, the Keith stuff was yeah. great, obviously. Um, you know, the, the scene on the subway where they're talking about what the yes. Mets need. Danny Love Tartable that. episode. Um, and if Danny Tartable were here, you know, there, there was, uh, yeah, all the sports stuff. I mean, I love that it was at least some part of the, you know, going to the uh, the Orioles game where Elaine refused to take off the hat, Kramer getting hit in the head, Paul O'Neill. There were, yeah, I mean, I don't have one in particular that I love more than the other necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think that they were all done brilliantly and love them all. Did you did you become a Falcons fan because of George mentioning Bobby Hebert? <laughs> no, I liked um, my grandfather used to like the Braves. They were on free TV and they were good in the early '90s. So I started watching them with him. Deion Sanders was for our age group mm -hmm. the most popular guy. You know, I, uh, I had the so then I started liking the Braves. I liked Deion. Then I got a Deion jersey which turned into a Falcon starter jacket. And those starter jackets, those pullovers were your identity. And then that just kind of snowballed. I mean, I remember thinking back in junior high or high school, what other kids in my class, what they wore. Oh yeah, that guy had a Giants one or that guy had a Raiders or a whatever. Um, and I Falcons just became my team. That was it. I kind of snowballed it from my grandfather's love for the Braves to Dion to the starter jacket and just took off right around the time Bobby Hebert was the quarterback I yeah. in about <laughs> yeah, 90 that's... I'd say yeah 91 92 I was always a Ron Gant guy by the way there you um, go Ron Gant yeah so what so then you just continued with the Falcons 
I just stuck with it. Yeah, oddly enough, I just stuck with it. I kind of got away from the brain. My grandfather, you know, he passed away in 1993, which was odd. He died on the last day of that regular season game between – well, it was was the last day of the regular season in 93, which the Giants and Braves were tied in the NL West. Braves squashed the Rockies. Giants got crushed by the Dodgers. Braves go to the playoffs. Unfortunately, I never got to talk about that with my grandfather because we found out that he died that day. So a little sad story there. But after that, I kind of got off the Braves a little bit and went back to, you know, rooting for the Mets. And then, and remember, that was before that the Braves were in the same division as the Mets. So some people hear that and they say, well, how could you be a Braves fan and a Mets fan? The Braves were an irrelevant team as far as the Mets were, were concerned. And they were in the West all those years. So once they came in the same division and once the Braves finally won in 95, I kind of moved away from that, but always kept the Falcons. Now, as, as a Mets fan, did it bother you that Seinfeld pushed the Yankees so much in the show? No. No, it never, it never bothered me. I never – I mean, as diehard of a sports fan as I am, as I was, I never – and I hated, at the time, hated the Yankees. You're talking about the height of their dynasty. You're talking about – from a Mets fan's perspective, I, I couldn't stand the Yankees then, but I never – let that impact any of those moments in the, in the show. I kept that, se- you know, separate for entertainment and comedic uh, purposes. Yeah, it was weird. It was interesting because the Yankees got good as Seinfeld progressed. Even early on, they still weren't great. Then like that 96 year and then after that, and it was how it kind of happened at the same time. But uh, yeah, the sports connections are always uh, with Seinfeld. Just mentioned the Mets and also dating ourselves probably is, in the first episode, I believe it's the first episode of Seinfeld. Jerry answers the phone. If you know what happened in that game, don't tell me because I taped it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just got home from, yeah, from right. like a comedy spot, whatever, probably 11 o'clock at night. And he had to video, he had to tape it. The Kramer comes in and blows it for him, obviously. But uh, that's always a good look. Um, Isn't yeah, it yeah, crazy yeah. how yeah. even things like that, that you would – other people would look at maybe if you didn't see the show before and you put it on now, right? Hey, let's binge watch this show. We've heard so much about it. I never watched it. Things like that, that may seem dated to some with an answering machine or taping games or no smartphone. The show still holds. I mean, I could still watch that today, like, and, and not even think that it's 20, 30 years ago, whatever it's been. It's crazy. And And what is it about, I guess, WFAN, right? Like, the connection with Seinfeld, whether it's you, Al Dukes, uh, Cardinal, Lepresti, all, all you guys are like, seem to be like Seinfeld fanatics. Like it must be great to kind of just banter and go into a workplace and literally talk sports and Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say like CeeLo in particular, him and I used to get along and play a lot of the funny clips from behind, you know, like fan bloopers, stuff that you would never hear on the air. We'd have fun or reference, certain movies or Seinfeld but it's not I think it's more just you have look I mean there are a lot of Seinfeld fans obviously I don't think it was just a coincidence that oh hey look at us we're Seinfeld fans working at the fan I think the majority of people are probably diehard Seinfeld fans especially our age group so I don't know. I did notice when I worked at the fan, the level of sports fandom, you know, you think, you know, sports and you think you love sports. Then you work there and you're like, Oh my God, this is like, these guys are insane with this stuff. This is, you know, for me, I was like, this is where I belong, but it wasn't like that with Seinfeld necessarily. There are a ton of people who you would reference with, but I think it would just be 
normal, just like you or I, if we hung out, you know, we, we, you know, and started talking about different likes, Seinfeld might be atop that list. I think that that's probably a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it has something I would think too to do with the locale. You know, you're you're at a New York station. A lot of you guys are you're originally from New York, right? Is that yeah, Long Island? Island. So yeah. that may, so, maybe yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that because we talk about that sometimes with guests that we've had on in the past on this podcast, and uh, there's like a New York connection somewhere through this whole thing. I think that kind of is coming out with a lot of because uh, that's the other thing is you always like to bring up New York. Uh, one of the good ones I was just talking to someone about it is the uh, in the um, parking garage episode where Jerry's like, there's there's no traffic is both ways all the time. There's no there's no rush hour in New York. It's one of the lines he uses. He's like, there's there's no traffic's every which way all the time. You never have to. So little things like that they slip into almost every single episode. Which and I'll tell you, as as somebody who grew up on Long Island and loved the show, you know, dating back years, I was still living in my parents' house for a long time moving into the city and having the opportunity to move into Manhattan and live on my own for four or five years, whatever it was, even though it was years later, it gave me a different level of appreciation for the show because now I'm viewing it as a single, you know, uh, individual living in a apartment in Manhattan. And it's even more relatable to, to what we, you know, what I grew up watching, then you be, be start living that type of life. So I loved it even before I lived in an apartment in the city. And then after living in the apartment in the city, it's, it becomes even more relatable. I loved it even more. So your guy, uh, Jimmy, Tr- Jimmy Trana, who was on, on our podcast, uh, took a nice pick of you and Larry David. Where, where was that? You're meeting all these guys, Jerry, Larry. Uh, can you tell so, us that? so I told you the Jerry one that, you know, just yeah. was that fan. He came in. So Trana and I became friends, him and I, you know, he was working at sports illustrated and he, wrote something nice one day about me being on the show with Mike. And then that kind of, we started emailing and we became friends. He's from Long Island. I'm from here. We have been like legitimately good friends for many years now. And he's another one. We have a great connection with Seinfeld and all the references. He got invited to the Curb premiere. What year was that? It had to be, it was like October, 2017. So I forget the season. But he always gets these great invites. And a lot of the times he'll ask me, hey, do you want to go to this thing? And I'm like, yeah, I loved it. Whatever. It's a party or a premiere. And this happened to be for Curb, one of the more recent seasons, not the last one, probably the one before that, October of 2017. So we go to the Curb premiere. We watch the two shows. Then they have an after party. I'm like, yeah, let's go to the after party. And legit everybody from the show is there, even people that, we're not from the, uh, 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 what's his name? Aziz uh, uh, Ansari or whatever his name is, a mm-hmm. comedian. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah, I, yeah. him, I remember, because I was like, I went up to him and was like, oh, my, you know, hey, my wife's a big fan. Can I get a pic? He would not take a picture. They, like, dismiss me, just completely rude. And I was like, all right, whatever, jerk, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so there are, it's everybody. Susie is there. Jeff, um, I'm pretty sure anybody that was, oh, um, What's her name from The Sopranos? I forget her. Uh, uh, Dr. Melfi. Uh, oh, nice. Lorraine Bracco. Bracco yeah. Couldn't be nicer. And Jimmy knew one of the people that she was there with. She took a picture. It was great to hang out with her. Anyway, where the whole point of him wanting to go to this thing was to meet Larry David. So I'm following Jimmy around. We're eating the food. We're running in all these people. Kind of embarrassed, shy. You know, we're nobodies in, the, in, in this party here. 
and you don't want to bother people and you don't want to look like you don't belong. But we were doing exactly that, looking like we don't belong and bothering people. We get down to where Larry is and we're going through a crowd. He looks like he doesn't want to be bothered, but we're like, dude, we're both saying this. We're never going to have this chance ever again. Suck it up, bother him for two minutes and let's move on. And that's what happened. And he went up to him and said something, Hey, I'm Jimmy Schrana, whatever. And then I went to take the picture and the, you know, these freaking phones, it, it looked like it was going to take, it didn't. And his picture got a little messed up where he wasn't looking or something like that. And then he took the picture for me. And now we have, uh, we each have pictures with Larry David and that was it. But he wanted no part of it and no, which I respect. I get it. I knew that going in, but I still have that picture to be able to tell the story. Yeah. I had a, a similar story with uh, Larry David totally blew me off. So <laughs> I had these great tickets because I used to work at the same parent company as Jimmy. So we, we were down at the Yankee. What's the inside called? The, the fancy seats, uh, the legend seats. The moat as uh, Francesca calls it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the way, in those legend seats, Francesca took a couple pictures of me. So I'll always uh, give kudos there, but, so anyway, Larry, he was sitting close to us, but then we finally saw him inside the lens seat. So I'm like, I, I got to go up to him. So I finally went up to him, got some courage. I go, Larry, how about a, I put the camera in his face. How about a picture? And he goes, no way. <laughs> and he just, and he walked away. And then I just yelled, Larry. And he just threw the exit, put his hand up again. and goes, no way. And then <laughs> that was the last I heard of Larry David. It was like, it was exactly how you would think he would do it. Right. Similar to you, like he wanted no part of it, and he was by himself watching the Aggie game. But that's great. Well, I mean, that you know that from watching the show, that's how he's going to be, which is why I didn't want to bother him. But hey, I mean, as big fans, you're only in that spot once. You know, what are you going to do? Not bother him? I don't know. That's great. That is so good, man. It must be yeah, walking around one of those parties, but I mean, you don't know. You gotta, Weird experience. Yeah, I, I would I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm not necessarily for that i haven't been to a lot of them the majority have been because of uh jimmy i remember one time we went to one it was uh maxim party maybe and uh some of the the girls from real world road rules challenge were there and i'm a huge fan of that i was talking to them i mean just it's random i don't know celebrity even there were some people from the jersey shore there and i happen to be a big fan but they were looking at me like I was nuts. You you feel you feel weird in that spot because you don't belong, but you're, you're like, oh my God, I've seen you on TV before. And then if it's somebody uh, to the level of Larry David or Seinfeld, it's even more nerve wracking and uncomfortable. So I don't love those situations. So, just but, just, na just name drop Francesca, you'll be good. Yeah, he, um, he, well, it depends who you name drop him to, right? <laughs> so, so speaking of that, um, Sal, as we, as we wrap up, we don't want to take too much of your time, but Gun to your head. Are you a dog or Mikey guy? Um, that's a tough question. I'll, I'll, let me just give you the 100% truth on it. Growing up as a listener, dog was my favorite. I remember at the broadcasting school I went to, they had you fill out a paper and said, who's your favorite radio personality? Chris Russo was my favorite. But I always loved both. I loved the combo. And working there, getting to see them in real life, in that place, in person was an incredible experience and a dream come true. And then getting to work on the show was mind blowing, thinking about it. They both took care of me, Christmas bonuses and gifts. Dog one time for Christmas got me first class tickets to Atlanta to see a Falcon game. 
you know, Mike would just, at the time of making no money, not that $1,000 ever, uh, I mean, I could use that right now, certainly, but at the time I was making maybe $26,000 a year, Mike would give a $1,000 Christmas bonus or whatever. It was, they, they, they took it, they took a private plane to the Super Bowl. So I've had great experiences with both of them. But then Dog left. And as much as I wanted to be close with both guys, Mike was the one who believed in me as an on-air talent. Mike was the one who got me my first on-air opportunity. Mike was the one who gave me on-air opportunities after Dog left. I mean, when Dog left, I did the picks, the Football Friday picks with Mike. And thinking about it, it's crazy. I did over-unders with him. So Mike helped my career. And still to this day, I, I text with him, and he's always supportive. Um, so if I had to pick one, even though I was always a huge fan of dog and I have no issues with dog and he's always been great to me. Mike helped me out more. So I think along the way and, and after dog left, we became closer because it was just me, Mike and Eddie Erickson, another huge Seinfeld fan, by the way, he's a oh, no. oh, nice. Oh, Eddie, he'd be a good guy. He, and he's got the memory. We would be in it's like going away for the Super Bowl. Matter of fact, I, you know, we were both producing for Mike. We're there sharing a room together. Seinfeld episodes all night. He can't sleep with the TV off so Seinfeld episodes all night it was that in King of Queens but for this purpose Seinfeld in particular huge Seinfeld fan so we had another bond there but anyway I, I would say more of a Mike guy all right and that just uh, because this is a Seinfeld podcast does Mike or dog remind you of anyone from the Seinfeld cast like is Mike like a Jerry doggy more like George hey don't no dog would Dog's be Kramer, Kramer. come yeah, on would, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would think dog's Kramer right yeah, Dog Kramer. He's just they got that nutty personality, um, unlike anybody else. So I would say he would be Kramer. I don't think Mike would be a um, Seinfeld, but I'm trying to think of even some of the you know side characters. No, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> Peterman. Yeah, I was thinking him. I don't know. Um, no, no. Dog definitely Kramer. I can't put Mike anywhere else or anybody else with Mike. Not off the top of my head, anyway. I think Schmoozer's a George guy. Um, yeah, I can see that. Be a George a little bit. He's Steve's got some great story. It's a shame he doesn't. Um, not a Seinfeld fan. You could have him on. He's got some great story. He's fun to talk to. Cool. Yeah, we're we're looking to get him on, man. I, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> well, What's right that? now, but now you're gonna just talk about the beef. I'm sure. Yeah. You're oh, you mean talk about? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'd rather. Yeah, you're right. No, we get the, we get his old. We like to hear the the good times. Yeah, that's true. Well, Sal, listen, we uh, loved having you on. Yeah, this loved was great, your man. Career. I really appreciate it. And um, best of luck you continued with SNY and, and WFAN. And, uh, yeah, get back in. Get back on the horse with Seinfeld. I know, you, uh, I know you're a big fan, and uh, it's fun to go through every single episode again. And I just it. bought, and I'll hold you up because we're on Zoom. I, a few weeks ago, I was in a bookstore. And I saw this. I'm assuming you guys have this, right? I don't it's have that one. I have an old. I have an older version. So the Something reason why similar. I would say I assume you have it, it is it, it gives you an insight to all 169 episodes. So I saw this. I was like, "What? Well, I have to have this." And at the same time, I saw that. I thought to myself, "This is a perfect excuse to go back now and rewatch in chronological order the series again." It's been a while, so I'm due. Pandemic, home, maybe might get my wife into it, who's not a Seinfeld fan or never just never watched it and watch and read this at the same time. So I will do that. It's been on my list. I'm glad you guys have me on and have a chance to talk about it. Good luck with the podcast. I think it's an awesome idea. 
And uh, maybe we'll uh, do it again uh, sometime soon. Thank you, Sal. Yeah, and while you're while rewatching, go back and listen to our old podcast. We went over every single episode. You can, How many uh, have you done? How many podcasts have you had so far? This is uh, 29, I believe. But the first 20, we went through every single episode. Like basically, season by season, we did it. And I um, am gonna check. I am gonna check that out 100. percent I want to. Sal, our our number one episode. You, you didn't mention. You mentioned season three on, but the, our number one episode came from season two. So check, rewatch that and tell us what you Can think. I guess? Can I try to guess if I look at it what the number one episode is? Yeah. Yeah, it's from season two. All right. So that should give me an idea here. Season two. Now, I'm surprised you guys like that early stuff um, that much. The number one episode? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a sec here. Let me pull Look at you. You like Mike looking up the... Uh, yeah, look, yeah. It up, look it up in the Get book. the book. Get the book. <laughs> from season two? Get all right, I got it here, dog. All right, all right. Season two. Uh, how many episodes were there? Seventeen. Yeah, no, it's uh, like I think twelve or eleven. Oh, okay, even it less. It says seventeen because that's the that's uh, um, like twelve. Well, I like some of these. See, maybe I was uh, I shouldn't have said the uh, from season three on. I like some of these. The jacket, the baby shower. Um, did you go to the Chinese restaurant? That would be true. No, no, okay, no, good. no, 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 no. Um. The, the name, message. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I was gonna say the name might throw you off because it's not. You might not think that that's the name. Uh, yeah, the phone message, which goes back to what we were talking about before. I mean, a tape, a, a, a tape, and a in a you know answer machine is right. Who knows about that anymore? But that's uh, love it. Yeah. Great yeah, one too. Rewatch that one again, and you you just cry. It's great. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's it is the best show, and no no joke. Like I would watch it with my father. It always put you, and it was always on, which is great. It always puts you in a great mood. If I'm down or depressed, you know what? Put on Seinfeld, laugh a little bit for the hour before bed, and it's it's great. It's therapeutic. I love it, and that's why I need to get back to that and bring some of those uh you know those laughs uh, into my life at this point. <laughs> yes. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sal. Thank we you really guys. Appreciate it, man. This was yep, awesome. Appreciate it. All right. We'll take care. Touch. Thank you. All right. Later.